chapters, and um, uh, we just, I guess, would want you to know that, like, we're not necessarily satisfied with our presentation of the, of, I don't mean our presentation, but well, we're not satisfied with that either, but, like, satisfied with the, what we've, what we've written. It's like it's, you can only write so much without, like, trying to, um, it's not, it's not nuancing, like, to kind of get out of difficult jams. It's, it's trying to express our hearts in the middle, in the middle of, in the middle of what we're trying to say. You know what we're trying to communicate, and and and, uh, and we know in our in our society and throughout history, throughout church history, there's been all sorts of um, and continues to be. And we're and we're certainly not saying that we have we're we're like right smack down fifty percent the, the the perfect line, but we know there's been lots of like extreme like. Uh, extreme or, or abuses on either side, not going a certain way or going um, going in, a, in an appropriate way uh, over the words. So e either either side. So we're, we're trying to we're really trying to grapple with some really um, functional realities of the church. So I know you guys walked through complementarianism a couple of years, a couple of uh, years, uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Um, and uh, and so and I know that I know that in our culture, especially in our society today, rightly so, complementarianism is viewed in a certain through a certain lens. We don't like the we like the word, we don't like the word. Kind of like we like charismatic, but we don't like the word charismatic because of all the stuff that's attached to it. And like people have preconceived ideas based on their experiences or lack of experience. Um, so even like when we talk about spiritual gifts, it's like when we say continuationist, there's all sorts of people that are continuationist who don't, who really don't practice the, the gifts. We would be, um, uh, we would be those who want to pursue, um, out of trust and belief in God's word, um, Compliment. So that's that's so. Call it continuationist. Call it whatever. It's like, like I don't want to pigeonhole us in any sort of name. Does that make sense? Um, so are we charismatic? I mean, people who are from a highly Pentecostal side who come to our church and say, you "Guys aren't charismatic at all." People from a Reformed Baptist side, maybe, or or like a. Uh, let's go further, further, way further out at Fundamental Baptist or whatever, who love Jesus and are trying to follow him, would say, you guys are like, um, you guys are too far, too far out. So it's, it's not like we're trying to play the middle. It's just, we're trying to say, hey, both things are true, and we're trying to, we're trying to, by God's grace and obedience, trying to, trying to walk that, Walk that road. Some one one uh, pastor friend who came to just kind of refresh he, his church plant had failed and and God, God was directing him in a different way and, and he came super tired and he's he but then he ended up going out about five years later to a, to a, a church and and uh, outside of Pittsburgh he said do you think what you guys are trying to do in Sovereign Grace um, trying to do both things um, it seems impossible uh, and it was like well I mean. Yeah, sometimes it does because it it it's just like 
not like expectations are being lost on both both sides and or too too far too too not not far enough and um, I said but it's biblical right so it's like you have to you have to go after um, what is biblical and try to uh, what you believe is biblical I'm not saying that is relative I'm saying that well we what our convictions are is this and we want to go after it and believe for it and trust God for it and anticipate we just think God continues to work as he always has worked and didn't stop at the canonization of scripture as beautiful and wonderful as that is or at the end of the apostolic age or whatever just continues today so that's going back like I'm not sure if that was last week or two weeks ago or three weeks ago whatever but last year last year um, <laughs> and then complementarianism we, we've grown I think um, I, I've I've grown personally significantly in this one my daughter was a big a big piece of this um, um, my middle daughter uh, um, the way that uh, we view the roles of men and women we don't even like the word roles anymore very very much because the word role pigeonholes people on both sides and so but I, but but like we let we understand the the concept that it's trying to be trying to be grabbed at that there is a beauty in the way that God has made both men and women in some different manners not everything is equal um, all um, value value and dignity and respect and affection we'll get to some of that today all of that is highly highly important to us like that that men and women um, equal in every way you are my sisters and you are my brothers you are my you are my family and uh, now when I think of my wife I think of joy I think I think uh, you know we've heard the term better half um, it's like okay it's a nice sentiment I've said she she is she does not fulfill me I don't fulfill her um, the only one that can um, be the husband of all husbands to her is is Christ Jesus um, and the only one th that could be a you know my, my the one who satisfies me fully is Jesus not her um, and so not you and not you it's Jesus but we're in this together we point one we point one another to Christ and so we just we would we uh, I don't want to get back into um, complementarian stuff today I just want to get guess have you here my heart as well in that we're trying to put like it used to be the section in in this that was like it was literally that long well maybe maybe a page and now it's I don't know, five pages plus like a four page appendix appendix that we're trying to work it out to trying to explain here's what we mean here's what we don't mean so um, uh, because I know when, when we've talked about complementarianism in the past um, and continue to it's like it brings up certain um, it brings up stereo stereotypes and um, and we don't we want to somehow ourselves I don't think this is arrogant try to try to work past the stereotypes and say what is it that God's word says we're, we're in um, it's one of our distinctives um, 
course, that it filters down into gender, it filters down into all sorts of stuff, marriage, just like all, all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, but there's a lot of things that we don't mean by it. Um, the complementarians, other complementarians around this country in particular, um, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't agree with. Like, so on the complementarian um, spectrum, uh, I don't know where we where we are, but I know that we're not over this meaning like kind of hyper complementarianism. What what I would call hyper complementarianism. Um, uh, we don't want we don't want to be there. We want to say, hey, we think there's distinct things that the, the Lord would have each of us participate participate in in a certain in a, cre in a created kind of order way, but like when I think of my relationship, I know this is getting into marriage, but it kind of filters into the church as well in some way. Joy, um, like I, I, uh, hey, I, um, I've learned over the years, Joy and I have always um, trusted each other and whatever, but I always had more of the view I also had more more of the view uh, growing up in, in, uh, in well, growing up as a, as a husband and dad in the 90s in particular that the husband had to do uh, yeah, led in certain ways I'm just jumping back to complementarianism just for a little bit to give you straight my heart uh, um, that that a man was to lead, and here's what leadership looked like, and the woman was to submit, and that's what the, and this was this is what this looks like. So a man leads, woman submits, and that's just kind of the way. I didn't grow up in a family like that, but I, but the the '90s church was was that I was part of was uh, not not in a not in a hyper way, but kind of it was. Um, Really strongly, it was Promise Keepers days. If you guys are familiar with Promise Keepers, I don't know. It's very strongly uh, male dominant, and um, uh, and I've come to the place where I realized that um, personally, I, I do believe the men are called to lead, but I think wise leadership looks like looks like seeing my wife as sometimes a much stronger leader than I am, and placing her in a place of um, saying, saying to her, I need, I need you to to help me lead. I need you to lead this. I, like it's that's okay. And that we're called to submit to each other, um, rather than one person submit to the other person. So in the church, it's a mutual submission. Um, anyway, so I, I just, I would love to talk with any of you about this. We're we're in we're in. We're in process, not with, not with what we believe is true biblically about the, the way God has made us, in, in, um, uh, in the same way as valuable and, and with the full dignity before God and man. We believe that women have been um, poorly treated for thousands of years. Um, 
church has exacerbated the issue by throwing scripture um, at it as a um, as a hammer. And, um, it's been more of subjection, not submission, or no, that's mutuality. Good. That's I good. Mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I just as we're as 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 we have interactions, just know hey, we're we're we want to have a conversation about this. Um, uh, we believe that there is beauty in both male and female, in in um, very in some common ways, but then some very distinct ways. I can't be a I I, I you see where the culture comes in. I can't be a woman. Um, there's magic. Magic just entered the table. <laughs> so I can't be a woman, and a woman can't be a can't be a man in certain ways. Um, there's a lot of common common things all the way across, but there's some certain there's some distinctives. And our culture, our culture is trying to flatten all the distinctives out, distinctions. So it's just it's like a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. And this is why it's a big issue for us, it's because it's not just about the roles of women in church. It's about it's about who we are at in our cre in our created person, you know. So it's so it's much bigger than can a woman be a pastor. It's 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 three million times bigger than that. Um, okay, I know we could we could talk about that all all day long. Um, but but listen to me. I like when I look look at you ladies around the table. The guys, this is true also of you. But I want the ladies to hear this. I respect you, we respect you so very much, and love and cherish you, and want to do that all the more, and I hope that you feel that. And if you ever, if you ever don't feel that, um, please talk to my wife, or talk to Jancy or Jackie, if you don't feel comfortable talking with us. Um, our wives are, or to, you, we, 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 we really do love you. And um, uh, and value you, and want to hear from you. Um, we don't believe we need to stay silent in the church. Can I ask one question? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> when all all this that you just talked about, would you say that's your guys's heart here at Sovereign Grace Dayton, or not so much the corporate Sovereign Grace Dayton? Mm -hmm. And like, like what you talked about of like what you've poured into this. This is you guys, your guys is heart in this, not corporates works through this a bunch. It is not. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I don't think we're in we're in any place of disagreement with our denomination at all. Um, we would have more specificity to what we think and how we say it, and how we're trying to um, lean in. Lean into it, um, and uh, and I just think it requires a lot of care and a lot of time. Um, um, so, um, morning, morning. Um, Thanks. That, so, that was yeah, good yeah. I don't. I, I know that I know that in any sovereign grace church that women are going to be valued. And cared for. I just don't know how it's not going to be all 
It's not going to be five pages. I don't think. I, I don't. I, I don't know. All I know is this is this this was not handed down to us to teach. Right. It would really been more careful if it was six pages. Yeah. But <coughs> like, we need to go call it out. A little bit, a little bit further. Yeah. If it was perfect, it'd be seven pages. But yeah. Can't be perfect. All right. Well, I shared that because because I wanted to, but then also this is a I think this is a relatively this is much easier. Session, so, like it's not so. Um, it doesn't have to be so um, nuanced and carefully handled. Um, but it is like super important to us these values that we have. So let me pray, and uh, and then we'll jump in. Thank you, Lord, for uh, for this morning. Thank you for these dear friends. I pray that you would bless our time together. Thank you for life and, and breath. Thank you for this church. And I pray that you would meet us this morning as we talk here and as we uh, enter into the time of celebration uh, together. Um, pray for Kale as he prepares the message. Um, prepare his heart, Lord, as he preaches. Prepare our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the next page. The first page is really just a um, an overview. Um, these... These are all areas that um, that we have shortcomings in. All areas that we desire to grow in. They're values that we want to hold out as like so they're super important to us. But we just um, you know kind of like just in life you know you want to be humble, and guess what happens every day? Uh, you know you have a fight to be humble. Um, it's difficult, and so uh, so he, so these are these are things we really want. Of course, every every church, I think every church would say these things, right? We're just generally we're just saying, hey, here's what we believe. What well, here's our distinctives. It's not like we shared everything we believe. It's just that here's some key distinctives, um, and then and then here's some key values that we really want to go after. Um, we value a culture of family, um, and, and so I talked a little bit about that already, just in the little complimentary thing I shared here. But that we are men and women in this church family. Uh, we're not the only ones, but we're just saying, it, in this church, we believe that we are co-heirs in Christ. Um, we desire our relationships in the church to reflect that reality of our new identity as adopted ones. We're children of God. We're sons and daughters. We, we're not uh, just people that kind of hang out in the same place uh, once or twice a week. We are co-heirs in Christ. We will um, live forever together um, with millions and millions of others. But you see, like, when I look at you around this room... I think co-air in Christ. It's not my first thought. Yeah, it's not my first thought. About always, always, hey, there's a co-air. Hey, there's a co-air. But like, when we look at each other, we realize, wow, you know, like we are those whom God has adopted as his own. And you go back to some of the things we believe as far as our doctrine. Um, and uh, so, like, when I, when I look at each, each of you, I think of the eternal um, love of the Father whom he has called you, chose you, regenerated you, 
So brought you to life. He justified you, sanctified you. He's adopted you. And he is sanctifying you. And he will one day glorify you. He will complete the work that he began. That's what we look at. You see why when there's division in the church? Why it's so not cool. You know? Um, so, so like respect for each other, honoring each other, loving one another as family. I know families can be dysfunctional, but um, but it's like when we look around at each other, how, how do we fight the, the dysfunction? Because we're going to be tempted to dysfunction, right? There's, there's, because we're, we're, we, we tend towards selfishness and, and lack of humility and, but when we look around the table and we really like see each other as those whom God has bought with his own blood, part of my role as a pastor is the one thing that Paul said to the Ephesian elders and their leaders. He said, you know, um, uh, watch yourselves. Watch yourselves, guys, because you are shepherding the flock of God that he purchased with his own blood. So it's like, that's who I see around the table. That's who I want to see. That's who we called called to really kind of consider each other as those whom God has purchased with his own blood. So how... Um, <coughs> I don't necessarily care for these words, but like, how, how, how dare I hold anybody in some sort of contempt? So, by treating one another as co-heirs and co-laborers. Um, uh, let, let's, let's go back to the 1 Timothy 5 for a second. So, this is why I do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. So, we are truly brothers and sisters in Christ. No, I'm not your dad, but, but like, you know, I'm an older man, and so, like, there's a, a fatherly piece to it. You, you, you who are younger, are, I don't feel like you're my kids, but it's like, I have a love for you like, like a daughter, like a, like a son, that kind of thing. Um, there's that kind of familial reality, and I think that that's beautiful. And all the more, all the more that that could be. We're co-laborers in the gospel as well. We we um, we all contribute to the ministry of the church. We we all have different gifts. You know, Paul speaks of it uh, numerous times, but uh, specifically in one Corinthians, just how we're all gifted in certain ways. We we are we are members of one body, and you know the finger needs the hand, and the hand needs the arm, and the and the um, you know the leg bone connects to the hip bone, and all that. So it's you know we just we need each other. Um, and uh, so we are co-laborers. There is not one person in this church that is more important than the other person. Um, um, so we also want to, so we treat one another as co-heirs and co-laborers, want to do that, don't want to increase in doing that, by, but also by intentionally pursuing one another in our relationships. So that's going to look like not just in corporate events, although that's <clears throat> part of the reason why we have corporate events, but but like corporate events are only ultimately, even if you came to Sunday and Wednesday night, we're talking four and a half hours a week. I mean, how many hours, how many hours are there in a week? Um, you know, the, what they say, a third, of, a third of the week is sleep, possibly if you sleep uh, appropriate hours. Um, and then uh, work. So it's like, 
those relationships, the building relationships outside it, during during those four hours. Yes, but but uh, but outside of those as well. So being purposeful with each other. Um, and uh, so Packer here in this in this box, he says we should not think of our fellowship with other Christians as a spiritual luxury, an optional addition to the exercise of private devotions. Fellowship is one of the great words of the New Testament. It denotes something that is vital to a Christian's spiritual health and central to the church's true life. The church will flourish and Christians will be strong only when there's fellowship. Um, I grew up where fellowship was uh, an event uh, where there was you know, egg salad sandwiches and uh, we went to the fellowship. You know, and those were awesome. Um, but uh, obviously fellowship is so much deeper than, than the event. It's, uh, it's life. It's life together. It's growing together, relationally together. So we can't spend all time, all the time together, right? So like even when we say, hey, we want to, we want to um, do life together, it's like, okay, what do we mean by that exactly, you know? Because doing life is, uh, like for one person doing life looks something different to, to another person doing life. You guys are in school. Man, how much how much time do you have to do life with the church when you're doing life with people at school and you've got schoolwork and all that, right? So it's like there's a, there's just, it, but, but there is the intentionality of, of building relationally in the church and wanting to grow in that. Probably um, expectation, like kind of like in a marriage um, or in any sort of relationship, most a lot of just general problems, relational problems, come by unmet expectations. Um, and that's just in a in a in a healthy in a healthy situation. So like just a, um, you know, I expect you to do something and you don't do it, and someone's going, like, you know, it's like I'm unhappy with you now. Um, and so uh, so what we want to do is we want to do well and give each other lots of grace as we do so. Um, uh, I think Dan spoke on this last week, but we desire each member to learn from and help others learn Christ, part of the discipleship, the way that we're viewing <coughs> discipleship at the church is learning Christ together, wanting to grow, um, uh, help, help each other move to, towards Christ, um, not just in discipling relationships where we have like a 12 week study together or a, you know, one year one on one kind of thing, although that's that's a beautiful reality, but but like um, one of you working, like caring for each other, sitting alongside of each other, and helping each other grow towards Christ, um, praying together and pursuing Christ together. Um, so, um, top of page, I think, forty-six. Uh, we desire each member to specifically care for one another. As members of one another, we have the responsibility to care for one another. You see all that list of what one another's. I need to um, be. A brief list, really. The reality is, we just need each other. So that's family. Um, more to be more to be said there, uh, of course. Um, uh, but the next thing is, we value a culture of humility, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, but it's like. Like you got to state it, you know. You got to state it, and it's got to be purposeful in your life, or else we're going to be prone to not being humble. We're going to be prone to being arrogant, being self-centered, self-self-saturated, self. I mean, however far you want to go. 
Um, it shows up. Um, it shows up in all sorts of ways, but uh, uh, what a, a lack of a lack of humility. And I'll just um, um, not really tracking too much with with uh, with the sp specifics here, but a thankful person is generally a humble person. A complaining person, not not really. Like I'm not talking lament. Okay, I'm not talking about like pouring out your lament before the Lord. I'm talking about a complaining, complaining person is, is not a, is is generally not a humble person. I'm I'm both at any given time. Honestly, you know. Um, so we want to be purposefully thankful. <laughs> thankful for what? Well, thankful for one another. Thankful for the gospel. Thank you. Thankful. Like thanks should be on our tongues. Um, <clears throat> thankfulness to 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 see what God is doing in each other. Um, what God is doing in the, in the world, what God is doing in our life, though our life is um, maybe upside down at certain points, you know, we, we are, there, there's, there's, um, it's not just trying to find like the, um, like the small little piece of something, it's, it's, it's that God is truly always active, keeping you, guarding you, even, even amid the darkest of days, and so, like when you can't see it, who comes alongside of you to help you see it? But your family, church family in particular. Does that make sense? That that that. Can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah. I just I just want you guys to know that you guys show this one really well, and for me personally, just you not being threatened by my questions and giving me space has been the most beautiful example of showing humility that I have ever experienced in my whole life. So That's very kind. and it's yeah. the fact that you like have it stated. There's a lot of people it's like it seems like a normal stuff but you realize it's not actually like when we don't have yeah. it in front of us, it's not necessarily something we're actually working towards. So. I have never experienced that. Ever. So um yeah, so so really, I mean, it's it's nothing. It should be nothing out of the ordinary, right? Do do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, uh, but consider others more important than yourselves. Uh, this is the work of the Spirit. One of the, one of the um, when we say we're continuationists, we we are specifically speaking about all of the gifts and just saying, hey, like like all of these gifts are for today. Well, why we have to say that is because there's those who, who don't don't believe that all the gifts are for today. So we're just like, well, we, we believe that they are all for today. But when we believe, what we believe about the work and person of the Holy Spirit is that he is, he is vast, like so much more than just those gifts. He, he is, he is the one who is making us like Christ. That is, I mean, he regenerates us. So he brings a dead heart to life. Um, that's the kind of power that the Holy Spirit has. So, if he can do that, and um, and he is sanctifying us, he's making us, he's conforming us into the image of Christ. If he can do that, then I just think, what what is the big deal? What is the big deal about these other gifts? Like what the, he he can do these these crazy, amazing things that we cling to and we love. And we cherish. Um, one of the things that he does is he gives us gives us this desire to 
be like Christ. And he's, he's motivating. Now, one of the things that is most primary is Philippians 2. The, the humility of Christ. We're not called to, to die on the cross for anybody. You know, so we're not like Christ. There's only one Savior, one mediator between God and man. But that humility that was evidenced, that is evidenced in, in Jesus, is what the Spirit's doing in us. And so, um, so that's going to look like when, when we don't see this, um, considering others more significant than ourselves, when, when we don't see it, then, then that's, that's the that's the anti-work, you know, that's, that's the, you might say, uh, First John, anti-Christ kind of at work. Um, I don't mean the anti-Christ, but the, the anti-Christs. Um, um, so humility is going to be part of it. By having elders who are servants first, um, um, yeah, this, this, the next page, uh, uh, the passage of Mark, uh, Speaking of leadership, it shall not be a, uh, so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, so really wanting the leadership of this church to be examples. I think of um, uh, uh, Paul's writings of Timothy where he says, he says, um, be an example to the believers in speech, love, faith, purity, all, all of that, it's 1 Timothy 4, 12. Um, the one thing that's missing in there is, is humility. Um, and it's not like he was like poo-pooing humility, it's just humility is like a, a thing that, um, like I think, be an example to the believers in humility. Um, and, uh, yeah. So what humility, um, looks like um, for all of us is um, it's the same for a pastor or a church member or a child or whatever I excuse me we um, we really do believe what is what is true and that is that we are that we are sheep pastors are sheep first um, not shepherds first and even as shepherds we're under shepherds um, and so, is there some level of authority that we have? Yep, yeah. yep, there's, there's, a, there's a level of authority. Um, but, uh, but it's not an authority that lords it over anybody. It's, uh, it's a humble, um, that needs to be, needs to be a humble authority. So if you have any questions about that, if ever, again, if, if you ever feel like, like the pastors here are, are, are not, are being arrogant or, or lording it over anybody, then, um, I know it might, might seem like if, like if it's, if it's one of us, the other two guys, you can talk to the other two guys, if, if it's all three of us, then, um, then we would just ask, we would ask you to, to not form a coup, um, mm -hmm. but to, we'll, we'll talk about this next week, um, there's a, there's a path to be able to hold us accountable within our denomination, um, and I think you heard the one young guy, uh, young guy, uh, he's 40, 38, I guess, uh, but he, um, he preached, he was our regional leader, the guy that preached on, on uh, confession and forgiveness, um, he, uh, he would be the first guy uh, to call, but um, 
and you can get his number through the church office. Just saying, we, we have there's there's these accountability structures that because our, our 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 form of church government is um, is we're we're the overseers. So it's like um, there's not like we don't have voting. There's no there's no um, no way no way for the church to fire us. Kind of like you know as far as as far as in the structures of our, our book of church order or our bylaws or anything. So it could, like, you could see how that could go south if there's not humility. Um, and I know some of you have experienced some of that, um, where it's like pastors are unquestionable. Like you cannot, you cannot, you bring in an accusation, and the accusation gets turned back at you. Um, and so, uh, so we this this is this is why humility. This is one of the reasons why humility is so important. One of the fingers is why it's so important. So, um, we have a culture of serving. Um, uh, I shouldn't say we have a value uh, culture of serving. We value a culture of serving. We we our church family does serve in a lot of different ways. We encourage members to use their gifts to serve others, both both in in the. Um, um, thanks, Paul. Um, thank you. We're bringing those. I'm getting away. Yeah. If anything, I'm sorry I didn't put chocolate chips in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything is great with chocolate chips, but it's great. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> um, yeah, so encouraging each member to use their gifts to serve others, and by valuing the contribution of each member among us. This is part of what I was saying earlier with, like, a finger can't say, you know, we all we don't have this rule that says every member has to serve at least in one place kind of thing. We say we value a culture of serving. So how how is God? And it's not always not always can you just serve in the place that you just are like so gifted to serve in. You know we're a smaller church, so it's like there's there's just places where you need to serve where you'll need to serve where it's like. You know, it's not your wheelhouse necessarily, um, or not necessarily your desire at the time, but it's like a way to be able to care for other people. Um, so we just want to value that kind of family, that thing like you would do for your family, so to serve in, a, serve in various ways. We value a culture of joy. <coughs> uh, we pursue the presence of biblical joy in our lives. Uh, we believe that this is another thing of the Holy Spirit is actively doing in us. He is, um, as Jesus said, like the rivers of joy will, will, you know, he's speaking of the Spirit working in us. And so it's like, we, in, in reform circles, um, like, like, you guys talk about reform stuff, right? Yeah, so part of the, part of the, um, beauty of reform doctrine, I think, is, is, uh, is like a high view of God's glory, God's holiness, and our need for a savior. I think it's like it's um, just constantly, constantly uh, um, amazed that, that God would that God would love me. Um, you see, but like there's a there's a way to view that in in just kind of sitting in your sin and saying I just I just am so so bad I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Um, how could God love me? How could God love me? Um, 
one of my happiest things to do in my role as your friend and pastor and brother is to lift your head up to look at the Father who loves you and the Spirit who regenerated you, the Savior who loves you and died for you and ever lives to intercede for you and um, and how safe you are in the Father's arms and uh, and so because I think that when 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 someone gets a picture a, a new kind of a almost like a like a, a fresh a fresh vision of not just God's holiness but God's holiness um, mixed with his deep eternal infinite love for you and that he's adopted you as his own and no one can take you from his hand and nothing can separate you from the love of Christ and when you know that it produces <laughs> what, it, what should it produce? Joy. joy it produces joy it produces rest it produces the fact that we are like I was just listening to uh, I forget what I was listening to this morning it might have been like the, the uh, devotional in dwell or something but talking about uh, restlessness and like the fact that there is something as called restlessness maybe it's a song I don't know because there's something called restlessness um, there is there is like a, there is a it's not because of this but there's like it points us to the fact that there is rest to experience where do you experience that um, you experience it in the safe confines of the father's love the savior's love and the spirit's power um, Can so, I share, like, just a quick verse? Yeah. Um, in the Gospel of John, uh, when Jesus is talking about the vine uh, and the branches, um, verse 11, so 15, verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And that that's uh, just been something I've been holding on to in the season. Mm -hmm. so I hope Yeah, and, and joy, joy is not always a smile on your face, right? Um, there is content, contentedness that can be experienced. There can be a joy knowing that though everything in this world feels like it's against me, God is for me. And, and, so, and so it's not complaint to God, it's not complaint like complaint, complaining kind of like. It, it, there's lament, lamenting. You lament to God. Why do we lament to Him? We lament to Him because He loves us and He's listening. He's our Father and He cares. So we acknowledge a place for lament in our lives. Um, uh, but when we come together on Sunday mornings to sing. We don't just uh, want to sing and clap because you know because well, that's the kind of thing we do or, or like and, and even clapping is like you know anybody else clapping I guess I'll stop clapping. Um, there's a uh, when we sing uh, well this morning we're singing you know praise to the Lord the Almighty the King of Creation that that it's like yes you know. And so we're there. We're like, um, we, I know not all of us are the most expressive people, but it's like there's a, um, uh, I, and I, I, I kind of don't want to use this illustration, but I will. Uh, um, 
the most stoic or um, rugged, wild, um, non-emotional man who just likes killing deer, um, <laughs> given the right situation, worships in the most amazing way at a sports event. Um, and so it's not as though it's not as though we can't do it, you know. It's that the affections aren't stirred, um, and so that causes me to kind of sit back in humility and say, "Lord, would you change my affections?" Instead of just going, "Man, I wish I was, I wish I could do this, or I wish I could do that, or whatever," or or I'm just gonna, well, I guess I'll just do it. It's it's. Asking the Lord to, to change your affections, to give you a, a heart, like a, a strong heart for Him, where where when you sing a line, um, think about your favorite worship song, and you think about that line in there that just just kind of grips you. That 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 you would say, oh, I want that to grip me all the more, and I want to know um, the depth of the Father's love for me. So how deep the Father's love for us, that He would give His only Son. Um, so. Value of culture of grace. Want to um, desire to regularly highlight evidences of God's grace in others. That wraps up in humility as well, because you're you're look you're looking outwards. You know, have you ever thought um, that uh, I don't think there's anything good in that person. I don't think that person ever does anything. That's, there's evil people in the world. I, I get that, but I'm talking about the church church people. Like so, or it's just like neutral, kind of neutral. Um, like there's just kind of neutrality, like you just kind of view the person as a, another person in the church. Whereas as you get to know them and as you, you are growing in family, you kind of care for one another, you just begin to recognize evidences of grace in them because you know left to themselves they would not be like that. Mm-hmm. But actually that God's at work in that person and that is worthy of giving thanks to God for and communicating to that person that God's at work in you and I see it. Um, little things which aren't little, but just even little things where somebody um, will, um, like you just kind of observe somebody being kind to another person, putting their hand on them and say, you doing okay, is there a way to care for you, or pray for you, or whatever, um, no matter how, no matter what it is, to, then to be able to like observe that, give thanks to God for that person, but then also to go over to that person maybe and just say, you know what, I just saw, what you did, I just like, I'm not doing it for the praise man. It's just like, but, but it made me think about God's work in you. And um, so that kind of gracious posture, I guess. Um, CJ's uh, quote in the box, we will motivate others by grace when we perceive where and how he's at work in their lives and humbly let them know. They need to know because so often they're unaware. Too many Christians are more readily aware of the absence of God than they are of the presence of God, and they're more aware of sin than they are of grace. God is at work. We motivate others by grace when we help them to see this, and one of the greatest joys we can experience is when we watch them come to that awareness. Um, so encouraging when, when uh, you know, we tend to beat ourselves up. Um, we tend to look at the things that we fail at, but to have someone, you know, people come alongside of us and encouraging us. Um, so, so really, does make you make you um, have to be purposeful in like uh, wanting to encourage another person, wanting to strengthen their hands, uh, uh, 
wanting to see God at work in them. And so you're, you're looking um, and you're observing. And, uh, and so we desire to be full of thanksgiving for God's grace to us as well. Um, um, the bottom of the page there, we desire to be a people who reject the cultural acceptance of complaining and grumbling. Instead, we want to be a people marked by gratefulness and joy. Um, and we desire to graciously help one another grow in godliness. We also value a culture of generosity. Generosity relationally, generosity financially, generosity in serving, generosity just as people. Um, so that everything that we have, God has, been give, God has given to us. And so how can I use what God has given to me to provide for others, to care for others, serving them uh, in whatever way? Caring for those among us who are in need, uh, in particular. I know that I, I've been, um, Joy and I have been so blessed through, through the years, uh, through, um, through God's people. And, uh, and um, it's just this, this culture that we want to continue to grow in. We value a culture of outreach as well. Uh, wanting to grow and sharing the gospel with others, encouraging one another. So, so you know, our, our mission statement is, we exist to glorify God by maturing and multiplying disciples who enjoy, declare, and display the good news of Jesus for the joy of all peoples. Um, we want to, and we started with, you see, just in our, like, maturing and multiplying disciples. So this is in the multiplying piece, right? But, um, uh, but like, the three things that, that we want to see, the kind of disciples that are made, what's the first word? Enjoying the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not declaring and displaying because we do believe that what we enjoy, we will declare and display. So if it doesn't, if, if, in, if enjoyment is not there, it's not that the other two shouldn't happen, it's just that because we might, we might say, well, I'm not enjoying the gospel enough, so I guess whatever. It's, it's just, we just want to really focus on the, the enjoyment of the fact that we have been born again. So and, and so, so like I want to tell other people around me, or in unreached peoples around the world, wherever. You know, I think of Japan, and I think man, how how much the gospel we need the gospel here. But there's many gospel preaching churches here, Japan, not so much. Um, you know, whether it's Costa Rica or Honduras or wherever you guys end up, you know, um, or if it's here, you know, that that you will be sharing the gospel of grace with people and and um, giving them eyes, to, not giving them, but, but pointing them to the one who can give them eyes to see. And may may the rest of you also be like whatever, whatever God calls you to, whether it's here locally or internationally, I pray that you would be those who would truly have your, like have your hands open saying, my life is yours, Lord. Um, that, like wherever I go, I want to mature and multiply disciples by God's grace who enjoy declare and display the good news of Jesus Christ for the joy of all peoples. Um, we don't do this, we don't evangelize very well here. Um, we're trying to grow, trying to learn. I'm, I mean, corporately. I'm not saying it's not happening individually. My husband's coworker and his wife are coming this morning. So really? really oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah, there's just stuff like stuff happening, like happening around, you know, um, where we would say that evangelism um, primarily as a church should be not corporate. 
should be the church in the spheres. You know, we're spread, you know, from West Carrollton to um, Wilmington to Cedarville and um, to Kettering to Huber Heights. Huber Heights, yeah. Um, um, Centerville to uh, Riverside, you know, just thinking about like this church corporate meets in this neighborhood. And we want to reach this neighborhood. We'd like to have an impact on this neighborhood. But like every Sunday when we depart from this place, we're all going out to the mission field. You know, the church, this church as a whole doesn't go into West Carrollton neighborhood, you know, into the neighborhood, but you're there. Or to Apple. I mean, I'd like to evangelize in Apple, I guess, you know. Interesting place to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we value this culture of outreach. We want, like, so for the joy of all peoples. That's the, that's the last part of our mission statement. For the joy of all peoples. What, what is that? Well, the gospel, that they would be saved. That they would, so, so we carry the message of the gospel out into, uh, into our, the world that God's called us to. And then we want to emphasize justice and mercy ministries as well. So we, we, uh, we're connected with, with Hope Rising, um, um, Pregnancy Center, and uh, I serve on the pastoral advisory board and prayer board, and um, love that. But the more the more we um, try to stay, stay involved with them as much as possible, but then also it's not just about a ministry. You know, it's it's about who we are as a people, in, in, invested in in life, um, and um, and uh, uh, thinking about ethnic harmony in the church and even in our culture. Um, to whatever extent we can participate in that and not just tow party lines or um, um, be strongly opinionated, opinionated on things. But like what I was saying about complementarian stuff, I also would say is true ethnically, you know, like there is, there is, there is no, I mean, like obviously this is true, but there is no greater race than the other. There is no greater ethnic ethnic group, I should say, than, than the other. There, we, we are all <coughs> made in the image of God and all worthy of dignity. And and, uh, and so this is not a political statement. It's just there are, there are I mean, it, it is a political statement. I don't mean it to be a political statement. Um, I think it's a, a biblical statement um, or biblical argument against something. But like... There are, kind of like I said, how women have been mistreated throughout the years. I think there's other ethnic groups that have been mistreated throughout the years yeah. in our very city and in those around us. And we would be foolish to think that they just need to get over it. But we want to come alongside them and care for them as our brothers and sisters. And so we want to grow in that and not, not have it be a Republican-Democrat thing, have it be a citizenship of heaven thing. The love of Christ thing, the love of God thing, and care for people, and so I'll get off my soapbox. Um, show mercy to the poor and marginalized. This is so much scripture to speak about that. So we have uh, the uh, adoption fund, which which we've done more with that in the past. Um, um, the common food pantry is is and the common um, goods. Goods. Thank you. Uh, those two things are are specifically things that we want to grow and now. Uh, just just to just to con uh, inform you a little bit more of the common 
goods and come food pantry. A lot of people just want us to have a food pantry that's for the for the um, for the people around around here to, to be able to come to, and certainly that would be a fine thing to do. That was not the initial vision uh, when Joy we were on sabbatical. I think when Joy had the kind of vision to do the common pantry, and it came from um, Acts when uh, when the church met them, they they had all things in common, you know, and so they really cared for each other, and this. And, and so there was a, there was a, it wasn't like they didn't care for the people around them, it's that they especially cared for the household of God. They, they really came alongside each other, and that's really the vision for the, the, this food pantry. And you don't have to be in desperate need, like, and you just can't afford anything to be able to take stuff. We want you to go in there and grab stuff, you know, um, and, uh, and take it home and utilize it in whatever way possible. We, we know that there's just simply, it's, it, God has opened the doors to, to a bunch of food, um, and a bunch of a bunch of lousy food as well, but uh, 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 unless you like uh, tricks, um, uh, cereal. But um, but there's a lot of there's just a lot of stuff that is is super helpful in a time when when um, you know our economy is what it is, and hardships are are plenty. So those are that's just kind of a a, a quick overview. I know there didn't leave any time for questions, but um, um, I'm available for questions. Other I am leaving for a conference uh, on Wednesday this week. Um, uh, Joy and I are going to a conference about trauma um, with um, out on out in Virginia Beach, and so we'll be gone for uh, Dan will be here next next Sunday. Uh, we'll be gone until Tuesday, I think. Um, and uh, um, so, appreciate your prayers. Us as we go, and I think Mary Catherine's you're taking it right um, online. online. Online, yeah. These are really important, uh, important ones to go to. So, uh, Lord, thank you for uh, all the work that you are doing among us. Thank you for these these uh, things we've talked about. We ask, Lord, for more and more grace to experience um, the joy of the Lord. Um, joy abundant overflowing, rivers of joy, uh, contentment and rest and peace, shalom. Um, we long for the day, Lord, when there is no threat against any of that. There is uh, only joy uh, to be experienced, only rest. Um, but Lord, may there be increasing uh, um, moments where we experience what we will experience on that day. And may Sunday mornings be one of those times when uh, it's just like, man, we get to get together and celebrate the good news of Jesus. That we are, we are yours, Lord, and you are, you are ours. And I pray that you would just help us to rejoice now as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yep. So, yep. Is this, yes, can, um, actually, I got your message. Yeah, you ready for it? Five one three two six seven two zero eight three. Thank you. 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 Thank